Hey, everybody. Hey. We are at this once again. People. Guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe animals? Do you think animals listen to the show? Well, if the people, I mean, you know, are there and they got their choice. cat, oh, dog, you know. Would a dog enjoy iguana? it? Iguana. No? Iguanas might enjoy it. No? I don't know. I, I saw some iguanas when I was in Mexico. Heck climbing yeah. on trees. They they did they look like they gave no fucks, but yet again they weren't wearing headphones or listening to anything. <laughs> Maybe iguanas would have better lives if they listened to more podcasts. I don't know. Anyways, everybody, welcome to 2018. And um this is the first show of the year. Congratulations. Me and Jason here in a little bit are gonna take a nice little celebratory shot of some wonderful Mexican tequila that we brought back to bring in the new year and we will be uh introducing some amazing guests for you we actually have an amazing few months coming up ahead oh yeah we got freaking a stacked lineup of guests and we're really excited um lots of musicians from the portland vancouver Mm -hmm. pacific northwest area coming in it's gonna be stacked we're gonna have some live performances on the show yeah we're actually gonna be listening to um the band that we have in tonight we're gonna be listening to some of their music and they're gonna hype up their shit and tell us about uh where we're gonna find them and all that good stuff which is um, lucky because most of the people that listen are from Portland. Heck yeah. So so thank you again, listeners. And yeah, thank you for all the continued support. And, um, you know, we just kind of got to say. What's up, buddy? Yo, everybody. What's up? How you doing out there? This is another journey through time and stuff. We got a sick beat just to uh, make you guys feel yeah. good about uh. yourselves. We want you guys to get hyped up. We want you guys to be like, oh, man. Finally. Maybe you're in your car. You know, maybe you're at the gym. Maybe. Who knows? But we want you to be excited maybe about you're a life. Man. Yeah, maybe you're a woman. Maybe you're a man wanting to be a woman or a woman wanting to be a man. It doesn't matter. All that stuff, it's soul. It's, it's who. You be yourself. and You love that. And you go out into the world. And you spread your little seed. You make that seed a positive one. You make that tree cast shadows over the haters because they don't deserve the sun. True that. Right? True that. And you just, you be that tree and you freaking soak in all those rays and you just get bigger, baby. You just get bigger. At night when I'm holding my baby close to me, I hold her tight. Real tight. Yo, everybody, today we be out here kablogging with Shiz Naughty. Shiz, how you? Shiz be good. Shiz Naughty ready to party. We got Captain Kablog out front giving away lollipops to all the little ruglets and shit. Not going to talk about it, though. I'm going to be about it. Kablog! Fix your shitty car. It is the group that's super smart. It is an art. Watch it start to move a rusted, sticky part. Snag it at your local mart or bar it off your workmate's card. Kablog's a spray that's used in ways can save you from your fucked up taste. Squirt, squirt. Let's go. Now we are two bros that know how to fix problems we face on the road. Kablog is sick. It will unstick or restick the Kablog trick. She's naughty. We don't stop the party. Are you tired of this fucking podcast? Do you need a break from our shitty voices? We understand. Yo, Album Junkies. Yo. Hosted by Nathan Nelson and Elias Cobb. Yo. 
Two dudes telling you random facts about albums that you probably didn't even like or wondered why the hell they were even made in the first place. They still suck, but not as bad as us. I'm Brian. I'm Billy Tango. And I'm Joe. And we're called Smartly Pretty. You bleh, oh, no. We're called White Knife Study. And this is a journey through time and stuff. Welcome to a journey through time and stuff. Any of you guys? Time and stuff, yeah. You've never been on a journey like this before. Time and stuff time. Time for the stuff to happen. Time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a journey through time and stuff. Um, I'm Aaron. And I am Jason. And today in the house, we are happy. The first guest of 2018, we have... White Knife Study in the house. Guys, introduce yourselves. Hello, my name's Brian. Hi, I'm Billy Tango. I'm Joe, and this is actually my second time being here, which is, is super cool. It yeah. is. Welcome back, Joe, and welcome, guys, into the studio. This is my first time. This is your first time. Mine as well. Um, so, yeah, get welcome. Uh, thanks for making the trip over here, the long trip. We know yeah, you guys had ride was hours. Rough, but we made it. Good, good. <laughs> no, yeah. Anyways, um, tell us... Um, we got if for all you out there listening, uh, if you want to know more about Joe, you can go back and listen to the other episode he was on, which it was a fun and hilarious episode. Listen to some good music. Um, but real quick, Joe, why don't you just give everybody a short little thing of kind of you and we'll go through and kind of introduce you guys. Um, yeah, sure. Last time I was here, we talked vaguely about White, White Knife Study, um, but that was before we had actually released music. Mm, so yes. this is cool to come back and actually show you guys what we've been working on, what Heck we kind yeah. of vaguely talked about. So no, I'm excited for that. I've uh, been working with Bill and Brian. We've got a couple other members who couldn't make it tonight, but mm, mm. no, yeah, glad to be here. That's good. That's good. Billy, what, first of all, Tango. That's an amazing last Is that your real last name? Uh, no, I wish. Oh. <laughs> It is a stage name of old that kind of took on a life of its own and stuck. I love yeah. it. I love it. I don't want to even know what your real last name is. I just want Billy Tango. It reminds, it's like an almost good Rambo. Yeah. Uh, share <laughs> your uh, contributions and like what you play, too, also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you do, Joe? For oh, the band, sorry. For um, I just make weird noises. Um, I guess we'll get into this more later. Um, okay. Brian here, he, he writes all the songs, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like the, the chief songwriter there doing everything. Um, a lot of the post-production and especially moving to a live setting, we kind of figure out how to recreate those sounds or mm-hmm. take away. So um, we've gotten a handful of weird instruments, playing bass on a couple. I've got um, nice. yeah, synthesizer, a few different things just to kind of figure out how to better fill out soundscape. So, yeah, like I say, I just like to make spooky sounds in the background. That's, Heck yeah. that's what, what about you, Billy? I'm kind of the main synthesizer guy, and I also awesome. kind of I do like the backup vocals. Like Sean is our lead vocalist. Unfortunately, mm. he couldn't make it tonight. But yeah, we wish we could have had more room for everybody. That's I mean, we we would have loved to oh, have yeah. five in here, but you know, Next time. for all those out there who don't know, it's kind of it's a it's a very intimate setting. Aaron and I have dreams and aspirations of like renting our own space, so it's like. It's uh, own yeah. like window front, like this is where the podcast happens. It can be kind of fun, interesting. And then we have Brian. What what's up, yeah, what's Brian? Up, man? Uh I think Joe is overselling it. Actually what I do <laughs> is just string together chords on a laptop 
and then they make them actually sound like a song. Mm. So I, I compose MIDI notes really decently, and then they make it sound like a real thing. And then when you guys are live, what are you playing? Um, I actually, in a live capacity, I play the guitar. Awesome, yeah. awesome. And and so we're going to get into it. We're going to play you guys' new single and stuff, but what would you describe your your music as? Yeah. It's like if <clears throat> if churches had a guitar player and a male singer. That's basically okay. it. Like okay. an electronic band without being like what a lot of people think of as an electronic band, which is like super eighties synthy, like Mm-mm. crazy unnatural sounds. Which and, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a shitload of that, but Right. Very yeah, very eighties sounding. I guess that's a very technical example. I would like to say it's like if Stranger Things and Depeche Mode had a baby. Oh okay. Yeah, that's good. I can get into that. Um and so live well, here, actually, no, let's go all band afterwards. We're going to play, um, Billy picked the album for tonight. We play it for those listening who've never heard it before. We play a vinyl record every episode, and we just pick some of the songs that are here and there about it. Um, we actually are, he picked Iron Butterfly, which is all synth and a great, great 60s rock synth piano keyboard band of times and if you've probably heard of Inagata Devita, that is not on this album, and no. we are not playing that song. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the third album called Ball, and it came out in 1969. Yep, yep, this album came out in 69. Good year. A great year. Good yes, year. vintage. I don't uh, remember it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we're going to go in, and we're going to listen to one of the singles they released off of this, and it's the first song on the A side called... Shit. <laughs> Uh, in the in the time of our lives, everybody. I love 
love that. Yeah. I love that choral background. Really, it adds that swell, like without all the music build. Yeah, the harmonies are really impressive for 4669. Yeah, 1969. Also, I mean this in a really good way because it's going to sound shitty when I say it. It sounds like if Jack Black was a really well trained singer. Like if he actually committed to not comedy, but doing right. songwriting, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I hear it. How you doing, people? Passed on yesterday. But I don't mean that as condescending. No. As sound. <laughs> yeah, Jack Black could be amazing. I'm not he's got like a Volbeat, though. I mean, he's got the... <laughs> Do you hear Volbeat at all? Or Elvis? Well, well, yeah, you have. It's every like post Nirvana, post Soundgarden, like here I'm here on your death, Post Creed, uh, yeah, but similar, <laughs> same vocal style, same vocal style, but with a little bit of Elvis. Yeah, a little more Elvis. It's interesting. I'm sure once <laughs> you were walking through a store in public and went ew, and then yeah. that's the time. <laughs> to be fair, I do that in Time of our lives. So you said you, Billy, you said you learned to play keyboard to Inagata Davida, or I mean, sorry, Iron Butterfly. Well, on Inagata Davida specifically, but yeah, yeah, it was really instrumental in kind of like forming my chops and actually figuring like, oh, this this might be something I want to do in music someday. Because up to that point, I had just done guitar stuff. Okay. Oh and yeah. I actually cool. like I used to play like an old suitcase organ. It's called a Vox Continental, and I actually chose that one because it was the same organ that Doug Ingle used in Iron Butterfly. Really? Oh, okay. So when was this? Maybe cool. like ten years ago now. He's like, and our, me and Brian. Yeah, it was our it was right. our first band that we were in together. Like, so years are you and years are ago. you all three from Alaska? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess we didn't preface that. White yeah. Knife Study we formed out of all Alaskan musicians. Okay, so Damn. that was that was Ass. what we were. Okay, because I knew we that I knew that, that Brian and <laughs> Brian and Joe were, but I wasn't sure if you so were. Yeah, so yeah, I'll let them yeah. give the background. But no, they played music together for quite a long time. Okay, cool. and, and yeah. for those who oh, also yeah. don't know. Brian and Joe were in Divides together. Who yeah. played with Fighting Silence once upon yes. a time. Oh, yeah. Yes. We yes. did some stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, give, give a little background, guys. Kind of take us through the evolution. Um, so, 
believe it or not, um, right before I entered high school, I was on AOL Instant Messenger, <laughs> and there used to be this feature where you could like find. Kind of like you could find people that had the similar interests or something like that. Sort sure. Of. Anyways, long story short, I found this guy uh, named Dylan, and one of his interests was Nirvana. And I was 13, 14 at the time, something like that. And that's the reason I got into playing music and was, learning guitar was, was Nirvana. Nirvana. Cool. So I was like, oh, this guy who lives in the same city, Anchorage, that I do likes Nirvana. We'll probably be friends. Yeah. Um. And then awesome. he, he said, oh, you know, uh, my friend who plays guitar, he's a super into them, which happened to be Bill. And I think I had actually met you before I had ever met Dylan. Point of this thing being is we started chatting on AOL, and one day he was like, oh, come over and we'll start to jam. So having never met anybody, I told my mom, like, oh, take me over to my friend Bill's house, she, her not knowing that <laughs> I never, never met, met him. Yeah. yeah, I was meeting yeah. some guy on the internet. Dude, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. So it could have actually... Yeah, I could have. You could have got kidnapped. Yeah, he could have killed me, which he probably wishes he would have at the time. But um, <laughs> Night's not over. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I remember going over oh, to his house, man. and he had... You know, he what what guitar were you playing? Was it like a warlockish t- type? Yeah, it was BC a, Rich. It was a Probably. total like death metal guitar. Cool. But uh, he was playing, you know, and I wanted to play Nirvana songs with him. And then I realized that I was completely out leagued in my guitar playing. And uh, I don't know. Somehow we just thought each other was funny and became friends. And that guy Dylan, we I don't I have, can't even remember the last time I conversed with him. So, anyways, uh, long story short, we became friends and always played music. You know, kind yeah. of dabbled in playing music together, open night mics. Did you guys like go to the same high school? No. No. Well, I did go we, to orchestra classes at your high school for a while. Yeah, briefly, but that's. I mean, I might have passed you in the hallway once. Yeah, okay. I, just, yeah. I never talked to anyone. So all of so, your guys' friendship uh, was out was just together outside of yeah anything yeah. F- forced to be together. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then we met and just basically kind of like cut our teeth in sort of the music scene together and just kind of basically musically grew up together. Yeah, that's, we that's officially cool. started our first band, and I mean officially by. We made a plan to get a drummer, write actual songs, and sure. make it a cohesive thing. Because we had we had written stuff before that, um, but around two thousand six, five two thousand six, somewhere around there, we decided like, okay, we need to find a drummer, we need to find a bass player, we need to find a singer. So we started our first band, which we eventually named Kill Tango, and um, okay. we, hence the origin of the name. Yeah, gotcha. gotcha. And then yeah, we just we did that, and in between me moving down here, moving back to Anchorage, moving down here and back. We just, you know, remained friends, and we'd always start the band back together. We we had a smallish following in Anchorage, I guess you could say. You know, we regularly had people show up to our shows. That's that's something to hope for in anywhere yeah. in Alaska, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Cross your fingers. Just. So, yeah, we did that. We recorded two EPs, and in all that, we re- uh, would played a lot of shows with uh, this band called The Hoons, yep. which yep. Um, yep. is how we know Sean and Brandon, who are also in White Knife Study. Okay, cool. Um, gotcha. And then around 2012, uh, or excuse me, around 2011, Kill Tango, we went through you know a bunch of different drummers, lineup changes, and I think we were both at a point where we were just like, okay, for now, like clearly, mm-hmm. like we don't want to keep going through this, so we kind of just like put it to put it to rest. We were just tired, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That dude, that happens, man. It's hard work. Yeah, it does. So, uh, so yeah, so that happened, and in the meantime, through relationships and other things, I decided I wanted to start playing heavy music. And uh, got into a heavy band, I guess, and that's how I met Joe. And that band was called Divides. We had moved down here, and then uh, 
it kind of that band fell apart and at the same time the hoons were kind of starting because they had also moved down here yeah 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 we're kind of slowing down and then uh he happened to also move down unrelated Uh, to any band stuff yeah Uh, but his partner lives down in uh, washington so he decided Uh to move down here um and then uh sean from the hoons was like hey i want to kind of start this project it's a little more pop electronic ish would you be into it i was like well my band kind of is dissipated so sure so then i told joe i was like hey sean wants to start a band do you want to be part of it and then i contacted bill i was like hey you just moved down here we should make music again sean wants to start this project up obviously i would like you to be a part of it Uh, it was really kind of kismet because at that point i was like why am i even doing this anymore yeah (laughs) He, yeah. he moved Doing down music about the same or, be, time. or yeah. being I here. Just, I was just getting worn out, man. It's like I yeah. like why am why am I still doing this? And then yeah. he kind of brought me back into the fold and it was very easy to remember why. Well, yeah. I think very much on cool. every aspect, cool. like you mentioned, with the Hoons doing that, with Divides where we were, and especially personally with all of us, mm-hmm. it was this weird perfect storm. Everyone was kind of in the right place looking to do something new, and yeah. we all wanted to kind of do the same thing. That's so awesome. it just kind of swirled together from Wait, all and, that. And kind of a... That. And being good friends throughout Yeah, and we all just time. happened to be friends from Anchorage that... Uh just all happen to live within the same 20 mile you know radius of each other because so. we fit the stereotype yeah. of alaskan musicians moving to portland oh, that's yeah. that's yeah. it yeah we're that's a thing we're all there it's a it's kind of a big boat right <laughs> um and and which is cool too because from what it sounds like it's you guys Everyone all kind of storm. you know whatever in whichever way you know your lives worked out you came together to create a, a type of music that none of you have ever really tried to pursue before right like this is a whole new venture in itself yeah i mean kill tango we were definitely wrote popular songs but it was still very guitar driven like alternative rockish kind of pop nothing that was predominantly like he played synths i dabbled in synths kind of poorly but not like a conscious decision we're going to be an electronic yeah this is definitely a new level where that's concerned it's yeah it's not like i'm mostly guitar and i occasionally dabble in keys now that's that's all i'm doing all the time yeah good and we don't actually have uh somebody playing uh, acoustic drums yeah so that's a huge like part of it you you don't or you do we don't we have uh, brandon has an analog drum machine that Mm -hmm. runs off our uh, oh cool runs off our daw so that's cool um, that and then he does backing vocals and some other stuff but Mm. yeah we don't use a live drummer okay very cool at least we never have to deal with that drunk at a time drummer which is nice yeah yeah Yeah. that's it that's that's uh, That's a thing (laughs) what tom collins yeah (laughs) tom collins he stopped showing up to practice Uh, so we were like nope we'll just hit a play (laughs) button instead that's good man yeah that's good. And um, so now you guys, you're playing semi-regularly? You've had a few shows, I, at least I've seen of. You, uh, just live. one so far. Just yeah. one live show? We've only played, yeah, we play because we released our first song to the public in November, and about a week or two weeks after that or whatever, we played our first show, and then we have one at the end of this month, and then one in April and May and June. Yeah, there um, you go. And next month we're planning on recording an EP, so we haven't really... That's we didn't good. want to book any shows until we kind of had a direction yeah. for that. You, got, what's going you guys on. doing like five, six songs? Uh, you know? Five songs is the perfect, plan. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, that's a nice little number to give out to people, you know, give them 20 minutes worth of stuff, 25 minutes. Yeah. And 
Well, and what we've done so far, I mean, just this. having the two releases kind of keeping them separate just to have some sort of momentum there, it'd be nice exactly. to have more. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to, you know, keep playing shows. I mean, everyone here being musicians, we know how important that is. But it's yeah. something, yeah, to keep going, but at the same time want to make sure that we have the time and energy to also put into recording that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And and not not rushing the music you put out, right? Or how you put it out. I mean, we recorded both of these songs, what was it, last January? Yeah, almost yeah. a year ago. Yeah. Wow. Getting yeah. ready for a release. Uh, really? And then, yeah. yeah, and it was figuring out, like, you know, because we still had to record music videos for him. We kind of had to figure out, we wanted to plan how we were going to roll the band out because, you know, one of the things that a lot of bands, especially local bands or unknown bands or whatever, is they just think that you just go out and play music and hope for the best. In a lot of cases, yeah. I mean, really, it's still 95% of it is luck, but we more wanted to have a game plan, like, okay, how are we going to portray ourselves how what's the plan for releasing this we just didn't want to throw something out into the ethos of the internet and hope someone listens to it we wanted a little yeah. bit more of a game plan that's so. super important and with it yeah. being pretty much wholly an electronic process we had to sort of figure out the logistics of how live shows were going to go yeah. which was quite a process yeah I'm to sure. figure out it, it sure. a while. especially i don't know it seems like maybe it's just because i drum but it seems like you know it might be like kind of well, where do we stand? Where do we do? Yeah, five guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've we, like yeah. not been in that situation. Well, so. when we played our first show as well. Um, we played at the Hawthorne Theater, which mm. love. I mean, uh, that yeah, thing is that, I mean, that, that thing's kind of home thing. to right, yeah, everybody. Portland landmark, oh, yeah. and again, the staff there, everyone there, they've always mm. been amazing. It's a great spot to play. But they had very well. We had to set up a certain way because of their logistics and their plugins, mm. and we kind of talked about it after that. None of us have ever done this before. You know, yeah, normally yeah. you can place the drums. You can kind of have vocalists where they need to be but yeah we've talked about that since then this being such a new format for all of us how yeah. do we best go about this how do we best mm. present that on stage sure sure that's um, awesome and then when i mean new ground new yeah. ground it'll be awesome uh, uh, well, <laughs> well and then when when you guys are you know um formulating the music and and obviously it's not you know because we've all been in I, I would guess I would say oh like uh conventional styled bands with guitars a bass drummer you know live inputs when you're recording you guys can do a lot of it without having to mic amps or having to do things right the I only mean, the only natural instrument we really record is, is with Sean's a guitar vocals oh okay yeah because the guitar i just do a it's just um the amp sims that are in oh yeah okay and then yeah. you just go live and yeah. so and he okay. he records live since but it's still direct in it's sure not, we're not micing yeah. a cab my, or anything my big like thing that. is gotcha. i want i gotcha. want to use all of the instruments that i'm actually going to use rather than use a bunch of synthetic plugins yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah. so how gotcha. so you guys would you know obviously composing music like that um, you're able to get things and adjust all the levels. How, what was kind of the process of you figuring out, you know, five guys in a room all having to pick these parts and take it off of the music? Like, usually for people who don't, maybe don't know, when you're in a conventional band, you usually you have five guys in a room all with instruments. You come up with an idea of how it's going to sound and then it goes to recording. You guys are kind of doing the reverse of that, right? Yeah, we kind of record it first and then... Yeah, so what was the process like of taking it off of the computer and breaking it up into parts? I, when we're doing songwriting, like Brian's really good about giving us kind of a skeletal structure of a song to work off of, and then my strength is more just adding layers, fleshing out the arrangement, mm -hmm. and kind of bringing it 
to the next level. Yeah. And it's like you all started from a live setting anyway. You know what I mean? So naturally you guys are going to be like, For sure. well, we need to make it, you know. And in some capacity work relatable. together. Again, Bill and Brian had been working together for so long. I, mm. I'm used to Brian's songwriting structure. So as sure. Bill said, those skeletons are very familiar to me. When he brings gotcha. that, we can kind of see how it, we want it to eventually sound when it gets to that final thing. So you guys kind of wrote them, wrote the songs, even though you're doing it basically all through a dot, you know, just right into the, the basically the recording software, you still were doing it with the mindset of it needs to be live as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I end up replacing all the keyboard parts. Yeah. Okay. 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 Because it all needs to translate into something that I personally could do myself. Sure. And really the only thing that, because like when we set up live, like I said, we have a, a DAW, which for people that don't know what that means it's a digital audio workstation but essentially we have our macbook like everyone else has right and we set it up and we still have a few like backing tracks that are on there Mm -hmm. like a lot of times like we'll leave like we'll leave like a not even necessarily for cues, but yeah, we have our click track because we run off in-ears, but we'll Definitely. have like, we'll Definitely. still leave like a bass in there or certain weird sounds because, you know, he doesn't have 10 hands. No. Or we don't have, if there's just going to be one random part, we're not going to bring, you know, 10 keyboards just to do those things. So there's still some stuff that the computer, I guess, is essentially playing, mm-hmm. but we want to do the least amount of that as possible, which is why yeah. we have an analog drum machine, which is why he brings his synths and physically plays them. Why Joe physically plays yeah. either the bass or what are his synth, or he has like a sample pad he uses why I play the guitar live. Yeah. So we still have one or two things that are backtracked. Well, just and because, may- maybe that, uh, and, and essentially at that point, you know, without, without a, a real drummer sitting there, you know, because I'm assuming in some of your music, you know, especially with the, the analog drum machine, um, it's not just being played all the time. You don't have him just sitting there really like a hi-hatting, right? Like, yeah. like yeah. it is more uh, kind of ephemeral sounds and building. And so maybe the, the, you know, the one backing track would almost essentially be the click track for the whole band, right? To then... Yeah, because like if we have like one of our songs just starts off with kind of just this wavy sound and there's no discernible like downbeat. So um, I'll have and Joe and uh, we'll have a click track and then depending on how it starts, we know when to come in because okay, cool. sometimes gotcha. the drums might not come until later or it's just going to be a bass groove or something like that. Mm. Wow. Um, That's really sweet. So yeah. we, we just listen to this ding, 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 just ding. Yeah, yeah. it's locked in. Yeah. And that just goes to the headphones, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, no, of course, of course. Uh, yeah, um, I knew that. That was but, good to Yeah, say. just to clarify for people for, who don't yes, know, click right. uh, click tracks or in-ears. Um, yes. But no, like you said, ambiance is a big part of it, too. Just kind of having that ephemeral or whatever. Those sounds are good to be able to backtrack. Soundscapes. Even with, yeah. yeah, soundscapes. Exactly. Even with sample pads, even with all the synths that we have, creating those sounds without any direct beat behind them or something that's kind of hard sure and in one of our songs too we have like a clip from a movie or just like random stuff to add elements to it either whether theatrical or musical that's more or less like that's just the future alive like music too i mean you know i mean it's that's that's a that's a different thing from you know a lot of other pop bands who you go out there and you and you you can tell there are three other guitars that you hear but there's only one guy on stage or You know, one one guy doing all the work and then there's backtrack. And there's, you know, and there's a huge difference between, you know, people that use 
like backing tracks as a crutch and people that use it to enhance the experience. Yes. We yes. do it because right, we right. don't want 10 people in their band. They, some bands, mm-hmm. you know, not every band, these, but some bands do it because they can't actually play what's out there. And at the end sure. of the day, mm-hmm. you know, I don't really care because if the people that paid for it are enjoying themselves, yeah, then, I, then nobody true. could be actually playing. It doesn't really matter. But for what we wanted to do, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. We're only five people, but we're doing eight things. So we have the computer do certain things sure. that we can't, but everything we do, we're actually yeah. doing. And that and they're it, all your like thoughts, man. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. You know, and it's cool. For, I can't wait to you know for, show everybody for a guests for for the for the kind of patron side of things coming to watch it. It is, I feel anyway, and I think a lot of people do. It is super important to, even if you know, the the electronic side of music is a huge. It's it's a, it's becoming a huge. Uh, genre you know yeah, like and or just influence across genres. across I mean, uh, yeah almost every electron- genre has to yes. do something no it exactly is you're finding you know they're they're you're seeing a lot of a lot of that come in but it, it you guys are doing it in a way where it still is an authentic live performance yeah. you know it's you, you're not losing any aspect of performing live for people or people wanting to see the artists who made what they hear on a record or, or you know they wherever they stream it or you know however they're getting their music they being a musician fan myself and also a musician I always wanted to go and you know I would hear the parts and fall in love with these parts and I want to see these people play those parts live I want to hear when you get a big swell or you get something that drops off and also one instrument comes in and you feel those goosebumps because the music drives you that way you want to watch the people create that and I think in some aspects of electronic music especially when the groups up there are minimalized like like you have maybe two people up on stage doing all of this big stuff i think you kind of lose that aesthetic feeling of it being a live performance and it's almost like i don't know it's it's almost like still listening to it on headphones versus watching a live concert you know yeah i see that a lot particularly like big dollar like dj shows they rely very much on like the theatrics and the lights because essentially you're looking at a guy who's pressing play on a macbook Right. right, right. No, and that the was something end. really important to all of us, I think. You know, I did come... not want that to be us. No, right, yeah. Right. So with that, not wanting to ever come across as that sort of band, it was yep. weird, especially like forming this, talking about doing a more straightforward pop project. No, we have five members to do this really straightforward verse, chorus, verse, you know, kind of stuff. But that, that was a key element of wanting to do this, is making it authentic and having that. Because, I mean, without that, there's no longevity to it. There's no sense of... Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, I I would like to play. We will one of one of your uh, one of your guys' singles, whichever one you want. I don't know if you want to do Ghost because that was the one you just released just recently, right? Yeah. And then the Quiet was your guys' first release. Um, which one do you guys want to play? Yeah, Ghost is fine. Ghost. Yeah, okay. Start with Ghost. Cool. Yeah. Sure. So, so for everybody out there, this is gonna be. Uh, we're gonna we're on YouTube right now, and where else can they find you guys? You guys are on Facebook, Instagram, I mean, all that anywhere stuff? imaginable. Okay. Yeah, okay. Instagram. We yeah. even have a Twitter for whatever reason. Cool. So type in White Knife Study. Yeah, and White you'll Knife find Study. These guys. Yeah. Well, really, actually, be the only thing that comes up is the only band name that seven other people didn't have. So right. Yeah. Right. No, that's right. good. So anyway, this is Ghost. This is their newest. Uh, yeah, well, their newest single, and we'll talk to about this song because I have some questions about the videography and sure. everything else <laughs> content afterwards. So, all right, everybody, I would hope you guys uh, click on this and watch the video yourself because it is—it's really good. It's—it's it's really good. 
This is so classic sounding, you guys. I love it. Awesome. That was badass. Heck yeah, man. So, yeah. that was the song Ghosts, White Knife Study for everybody out there again. Um, what? First of all, what the lyrical content, who writes the lyrics? Sean. Sean? Yeah. That, it's really good. It, the, I mean, the word choice. So, you know, I, I, I love the chorus. I love the hook of the song. But he has a lot of, like, really emotion building. Did, did you guys, did he just come with lyrics, or how's that? So, when we... Um, a little brief history when he first approached me, cause it started really just Sean and I okay, yeah. as the idea. He's sure. like, Hey, I want to be in a band that does this type of music. So on, he's like, but all I want to do is write the lyrics and sing and that's it. And he's, he's a huge bookworm. So to me, everything he writes is very, it's almost like telling a story. Yep. Yep. That's what and I And I've always, you know, I've always appreciated that about him. So his lyrics, are very like you can listen to it and you feel like it's painting a picture, mm-hmm. but he does. I mean, we'll offer suggestions as far as maybe like a melody thing here and there or replacing a word. So it makes more sense. But really he's like, he does the like, that's, that's his thing. And we just kind of let him do it and it yeah. works out. Well, well this one, especially too, um, just on that front, telling the story and stuff, we've gotten a lot of really good feedback that this one just has so much of that emotion to it. That story, that background, even though it's some of the references are insanely specific to his yeah. son, um, things about that, his life, that that can be felt across the board. And the other yeah. one's a little bit different, but you know, that's something I've always really respected about Sean as well, especially his lyricism. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I Even right in the very first verse, you know, I've listened to this song quite a few times now, right in the very first verse, you lucky prick, I hear that line <laughs> and I'm like, I've felt that so many times. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> like it, no, it's good. Um, videography. Did Scotty do this for you guys? He's done both our videos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we we had him in uh, right that at the end of December. Guy. Yeah. So creative. He man. actually, we did both videos in the same day. Yeah. So really, serious? yeah. So right it was next the to course, each other. It was what was it? A twenty-one hour day, yeah. all things considered. Something, something yeah, like actually, that. my my part in the quiet where I make an appearance, I don't even remember doing it. We literally woke him up, put him in the chair, filmed it over the course of five minutes. It was the shortest scene, and it ended up being our favorite of the video. <laughs> and I don't remember that was at what like about it. two a.m. Oh, at past that, point. that, that was after was three. Like, yeah, it was like three yeah. thirty-four. That's a, that's amazing. So yeah. So, both videos are done in Sean's backyard. Like I said, we did them the same day. So the the ghost one that we just saw, that was during the day. Obviously, a much lighter yeah. uh, feel to it. Um, the quiet was a bit weirder, so we did that at night, I, lit by fire. Dude, that's, that's freaking that, awesome. That's what man. I want to get into it after. I want I want to talk about the quiet in particular when when we get to and listen to that one. Um, with with ghosts, um, one thing I love about it, really the the music. What I hear is is like this very modern sounding classic pop song like you guys were able to really write the classic pop song but the way it's composed and the the kind of slow emotional build of the verses and how you have that roll into this just i mean exactly what you would want in a chorus really you know it, it it doesn't feel overdone yet it feels so familiar yeah. Well, nostalgia has been a thing that we've kind of considered as a theme in every aspect of the band, whether that's video um, and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, we, because when him, uh, Bill and I were in uh, Kill Tango, we had a very similar kind of like verse, chorus. Ver- we just wanted to write songs that not are, not are songs you don't have to think about, but songs that were just fun. Yeah. And yeah. I've right. always had fun. And maybe it might just be because it's easier for me to string together verse and chorus chords because that's simple. But it's just, it's fun to play. It's fun to listen to. It is. But you have somebody that has a genuine voice and genuine lyrics. So it's not just like, ah, it's just a pop song that doesn't mean anything. Exactly. It's like, no, we just ha- we have fun playing this. It's something mm-hmm. that is palatable for a lot of people, but still has an important, oh, yeah. I think, an important depth and message to it because of Sean's vocal styling and his, he has a very particular way of writing words together. And that's, mm. you know, we wanted... That's we, what's been working for yeah, a long time. Exactly. <laughs> Throughout music, you know what I mean? You have a very good, like, yeah, you have a good, uh, I don't know. As far as it's the there. nostalgic aspect, I have to say one of my favorite parts of this song, um, Bill used a Game Boy to record those chorus, chorus uh, th- synth lines. Um, and I'll let you obviously it, explain yeah, more yeah. of that. But it's literally a That's why it sounded that, so good. But it has that, something that necessarily you wouldn't think about that still kind of has a throwback uh, electronic oh, vibe to it. At this point, I really hadn't been able to invest a whole lot in my setup. So I was just kind of forced to make do with whatever I had laying around, which for this recording session was... Just a little microcorg that, like, all the keys didn't even work on it. Right. And a Nintendo Game Boy, which I had a game cart that I could, like, program little easy sequences into. And then just, like, like a Yamaha keyboard from Goodwill for, like, seven bucks. Because wow. it, yeah. it, could, it could make that, like, ooing and aahing kind of choral sound at the beginning. Uh-huh. And that's all I had to work with. Wow. So that's basically everything that So how long there. did the Game Boy parts take? Well, I already had them sequenced out like well beforehand so it was just a matter of like plugging it into the recording console and hitting the start button 
Oh, really? Okay, that's... Yeah, wow. Basically, you have like four channels of sound in a Game Boy, and you yep. just pick the one that works best, and you just map out all these little individual notes, and you hit start, and it, and it goes, goes right through it. Holy crap. That's amazing. And, and who was... Who's I would I, love to see that, man. Yeah, yeah. It's who, a trip. What, what about the, <laughs> cool. the, uh, the idea for the video itself? You know, like... What you see. How much how much was you guys going, this is kind of what we want the video to look like, and Scotty taking and doing his thing? I think on this one... On Ghosts. Um, yeah. So, for really for both the videos, you know, Joe and Scotty are kind of the main, like, arbiters of everything going on. I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe for Ghosts, I had mentioned wanting something that was like a single shot video, just like, mm, but straight. beyond that, it's really... Is with Scotty and Joe kind of cool putting yeah. that all together. And this one, we managed to get a really kind of dramatic and grainy quality about it because we record we recorded it. We took a version of the song that was sped way up and recorded it to that. So when we brought the speed of the video back down to where the song actually was, you just got this kind of like slow cinematic quality about it of, of the video wow. which is why like you that can see his cool his, listening to that song at 150 percent for three hours <laughs> yeah it's, no wonder i was okay. a little bit loopy by 3 a.m so wow. now you'll play it live and you'll just be like <laughs> <laughs> well, we talk, it sounded like anime j-pop actually it was, <laughs> a little bit. Wow. It, was it was beautifully absurd Oh, and we talked That's earlier, cool. obviously you guys know Scotty, you have uh, worked with him in some capacity before. He's yeah. amazing, and I loved working Holy with crap, him. Because this one, um, more so for this one uh, specifically, Ghost, I know we're talking about a video that most people haven't seen now that we're talking about it. But, I hope but that they every, will. It, Go okay, into it. You we'll guys just pause the podcast right now, spend three minutes and 25 seconds, watch their video, come back and come pick back. up here. You'll be happy. You'll be happy. So like Brian said, we did it all in one shot. We... Um, recorded it fast so that when you played it back and stretched it to the normal length it sort of had an almost it's like a slow-mo a feel but you hardly notice it, it it's mm -hmm. kind of subtle and we like that um especially for some of the more oh oh uh oh something's something's happening i have no idea what that was that are we still good been. oh yeah no we're going <laughs> we're going live that was that was something outside of the computer that made someone that. took us over huh Huh. Well, um, hey, to everyone in the before. NSA, this video Ghosts is really good. You should yeah. share it on all yeah. platforms. FBI. <laughs> Something. <laughs> That's awesome. Run. No. Awesome. Anyways, yeah, keep going, please. Oh, um, it was just cool. Um, it was fun getting to sit down with Scotty and kind of like suss these things out ahead of time. Um, talk about sort of the slow motion effect. And we looked at other bands that influenced us. Um, I've been talking to Bill a lot about this band, Motion City Soundtrack. That was really big for mm -hmm. me growing up. The slow motion effect, we kind of looked at one of their videos, which is way more dramatic in that way. But as like applying that for sort of more of that nostalgic feel. Yeah. Um, a lot of it, too, um, as Sean has said, I think, in one of our press quotes, um, going from this guy in total isolation and having mm -hmm. him sort of start that out to moving forward, going through this journey and ending up with his friends and family, being yeah. around his loves, loved ones, his wife, his kids. All of us are there at this barbecue. Mm -hmm. And it kind of coming to that resolution that whole. it's yeah, yeah exactly whole feeling which actually if you go through the video and look when it first pans around to the patio in the first shot there's nothing yeah there. Th yeah. yeah yeah that's it, it and for everybody it's it's one long shot it, you know and i don't want to get too much but i did really notice that like it comes out and you he still walks out the door and you have no idea you still think it's just him walking out and all of a sudden there's you know his kid and and it gives you like okay you know 
you felt some symbol symbolism there, but then Resolve. the shot yeah. to turn around and go back and the two of them walking to everything. Yeah. And like, that was awesome. When we had everyone, both uh, Billy and Brian were standing there doing the direction on that side, getting everyone to pick up all that furniture, yeah. move it back. Yeah. As quickly <laughs> as possible and then do the exact right place at the exact right time. And uh, how key, many times the, did it take? Uh, I lost count. Too many. Yeah. It was it dozens upon awesome. dozens. It really showed because right, he though. because he would have to, cool. to to do it right. He would have to start from in the garage every take, right? Correct. Yeah. Everyone yeah. had starting places. They had essentially choreography. That yeah. They had oh, of to. course. Exactly. Everyone was assigned yep. to a piece of furniture the whole time. Um, you can't tell because obviously, again, with the camera, I'm running behind Scotty, yelling at people. Yep. Start Yell- jumping. Yelling the up. Q word, which was <laughs> hand yeah. job. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Hand job. That hand was our job. <laughs> Good work. That was the cue to move furniture. Because well, you kept going like this, like, oh, hand job. <laughs> that's beautiful. But that's yeah, beautiful. so to do it in one shot, you don't get to have anything uh, wrong uh, in a whole take. Everything yeah. had to be perfect. So we did Which it. Is oh, really yeah. cool. So many hours. So wow. much furniture moving. And that yeah. was so. So the fr- <laughs> my arms which, felt freaking. You're all blasted pro by that. Which video that. took longer, the first video or the second oh, video? The second one for the sure. One. Okay. Oh the first one took longer. Then it should have taken because ghosts. I mean, we it literally the video only took, however, you know, actually shorter than the video is because we did it sped up. It's right. just we had so to do that. It so would be like, times. you know, probably two yeah. minutes or so. Yeah. Two, two yeah, and a half minutes. Actual shooting. Yeah. It's only yeah. whatever, two and a half minutes. But we had to do that two and a half minutes for, you know, whatever, three hours or some shit. Wow. Like Everything had to be perfect. Well, and waiting for a certain sunlight, too. Scotty was really particular about that. The way well, oh, yeah. Yeah. lighting for yeah. the camera. With the yeah. golden hour, yeah, Dude, the golden hour, dusk, right, yeah, right. Freaking Scotty, man. Well, and dealing with it, you know, there were a lot of extras in that as well. So that sure. many bodies. With the other video, you know, it was more specific, but there's a lot more cuts. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, we, and, the other one we could edit to our heart's yeah. content. This one, there's no edits other than putting on whatever filter for coloring. But it's since it's one yeah. shot, we but that's all we really got. In particular, I'm going to attest that the quiet took longer to shoot because we had to reshoot the whole thing from scratch and basically true. do it twice. Yeah, that's true. And, did, did, and, and during the first shoot that we didn't even use, I lit myself on fire. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So what? that was fun. Well, the first oh. we tried to do it in a park the first time and got rained out. Oh, okay. um, you lit yourself on fire in the rain. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> and obviously we haven't even watched that yet. But in Billy's scene, he has teacups on fire. And yes, yes. to do that, that, I mean, that's not even yeah. fully committing. But yes, his whole arm and keyboard. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's just basically pure ethanol. I mean, yeah. You, you can have it on you and it's like burning and it's so volatile that you hardly even feel it. It's like, oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> like, you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Get we still have me. that footage. Scotty never sent that. but He's got it somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to make a cool little thing. For well, you. he even said it afterwards. We were all rushing to put him out, you know, like jumping on him, trying to throw stuff. And Scotty was like, oh, I didn't drop the camera for a second. I kept filming the whole time. <laughs> right. He's like, even, even just a video of a bunch of guys jumping on you, putting you off. That, I mean, that even that video by itself. That could be another good. music video for sure. you guys later. <laughs> cool. Well, Scotty's got. The let's um, let's go. Uh, let's we're going to play out. the next song of the Iron Maiden. Or Iron Butterfly, crap! I keep <laughs> wanting to say. It. I'm I'm staring at a picture of the number of the beast right behind your head. So, uh, no Iron Butterfly. We'll we'll go to their next single, which is Soul Experience, and then um, we'll come back and go in a little more and start asking you guys some questions about you. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. This is gonna be the fun part. Oh boy. And I still don't know where that beeping noise came from. It was kind of troubling. This is Radio Yerevan. Yeah. <laughs>
To Emerson Lake and Palmer. Yes. Okay. I was I was figured you're a guitarist guy. Yeah, they they went kind of more in like a sort of like a Hammond Oregon rock direction, whereas yeah. this guy was very much kind of like the transistorized combo organ sound, very yeah. kind of almost like a churchy vibe to it. But yeah. Yeah. yeah somehow that's not a bad thing. No, it's not. but a sweetie that was good all right guys so i'm gonna just start randomly here um let's start with brian hello because i feel like you've been no you've been good. you haven't been too quiet <laughs> i just like picking on you i don't know why maybe it's the hat most people do i don't have much to say so i get it what was um so you said that you know you started out and and nirvana was a big thing what were some other influential bands and maybe bands on kind of the pop side that that you get from to do this now. So it's actually funny. The older, it, the younger I was, the older the music I listened to and the older I get, the newer the music I listen to. Okay. So that makes sense. So the whole guitar thing me. started, um, I have a friend of the family's, uh, had a guitar. He was like 12 and he was like, Oh, look what I could play. He played smells like teen spirit, like everyone else. And I was like, Oh, I feel like that's the thing I want to do. And I liked Nirvana, so that's what got in that whole era. And so 
bands like Nirvana, Sonic Youth. Uh, he got me into Smashing Pumpkins. Good. Uh, bands cool. kind of like early ni- late 80s, early 90s grunge-ish era bands is kind of what got me into guitar and what got me into playing music. Pearl Jam. Actually, never, never could get into that. I'm yeah. very... A very tunnel vision on stuff I like. So it was like, it was yeah. Nirvana and then it was, um, you know, Sonic Youth. And then oddly enough, I got into this phase where I was super into Alanis Morissette. Okay. And then I started, and then that was a weird little area. And then I started getting into bands like Thursday. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. And then moved into that. And then as far as pop music goes, uh, I think actually, so according to Facebook memories, he first showed me. So, Sorry, <laughs> let me backtrack. So uh, a friend showed me, uh, the friend that showed me Thursday also uh, showed me uh, a postal service. Postal service, in okay. In Death Cab for Cutie. Yep. Gotcha. Transatlanticism had came out the same year as Like 2007, uh, something like that, right? 2003. Two th- oh, okay. Uh, so he had showed me those. He's like, oh, this is the same vocalist. And then, uh, so we kind of shared a love for Death Cab and postal service. And that's really what got me into like, I guess, electronic music because uh, postal service gotcha. really is electronic music. Uh-huh. It is, absolutely. Um, and then, so I listened to that a lot, bands like Thursday, and then got into like Alexis on Fire, and yep. I was still predominantly yeah. like rock. And then I had a girlfriend that got me into like metalcore stuff. And so I was still predominantly like guitar influenced music, other than the mm. Postal Service that kind of hang yeah. out there. Right. And then um, I discovered Lights on accident, and that I kind of yeah. dabbled in that, and that's really what started gearing me more towards electronic music and then uh, a couple years ago he had shared with me a church's video and at the time i didn't really pay attention to it but then a little bit later on i started listening to that more and that got me into then really wanting to get into writing you know that style of music Um, but when we had played in kill tango i still didn't really (laughs) listen to that much like pop music or anything even though we played kind of catchier alternative poppy mm. music i didn't i still listen to guitar driven yeah heavy music uh, but always i'm not i'm not a very proficient guitar player so when it comes to fast shreddy heavy <laughs> stuff i just i was never good at it yeah so i kind of had a knack for doing the simpler kind of poppy stuff so i've always kind of written even in divides if you break it down it's still just like low tuned pop music really is all it is yeah um so yeah, that's kind of. But I didn't start really getting into electronic music until the last probably two to three ish years, oh, where cool. I really like delved into wanting to do that. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Same question for you, Billy. Oh. What was what was what was like one of your earliest just like favorite bands? Like he's at Nirvana. Oh, like at that point, like I mean, I like I like Nirvana too, obviously, because mm-hmm. we we were both majorly into them. Me more well, that's so how AO, through AOL you guys yeah. made a little Nirvana baby. Yeah, if it wasn't well, it for was, them, <laughs> I wouldn't have met him. Well, and it was it was a big deal for me because I still didn't really know how to play my instrument, so everything of theirs I knew how to play. Yeah, yeah. It just yeah. made me feel super awesome about myself. But at that point, I was on a pretty steady diet of pretty intense like death and industrial metal. Okay, cool. Oh, wow. And I so that's kind of where I started out and then like I Fear just Fear Factory type stuff. Very or? much into Fear Factory, uh, yeah. Machine oh, wow. Head albums. Abs- like, Machine Head's great. And, and Master of Puppets is basically that was my guitar album. Oh. That was the album I sat down with. It's like I'm not getting up until I can play at least the rhythm parts on this start to finish. Yeah, I I did the exact same thing for that song. Oh yeah, yeah he had the all the fucking books. He still has the books. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, and <laughs> from there it just I yeah. <laughs> I've always been a pretty unapologetic scene tourist. I take away a little bit of everything. Yeah. Cool. And I get that. Yep. 
and I, I grew up on a pretty steady diet of just absolute unapologetic trashy 80s music okay good so that, good so like cars that, police like toto berlin uh, oh oh yeah uh missing persons in particular was an, another big one missing for me. persons good and one. uh so yeah getting into like synthesizers and electronic pop music was it was a pretty easy sell for me so while you were <laughs> playing so you and, and you kind of hit a hint of this early you start out playing guitar obviously probably playing metal when did you start keyboard how far into guitar when did you start like want to go oh i'm gonna try keyboard too long well i had gotten my first keyboard i think it was the year that the postal service album came out because that was when i first was like hey this is because i was i had for the longest time i had huge attitude about dance and electronic music i'm like this is talentless bullshit yeah <laughs> but <laughs> i used to that not was, that i do so. that was the first <laughs> album that made me kind of pause and go there might actually be something to this so I started out kind of there, like I got my first like little like microcorg synthesizer in probably like 2005. Okay, that's one. Okay, and then from there that kind of branched out into more keyboard driven music, like again like Iron Butterfly. Like me and him found this old like transistor Hammond organ abandoned in an alleyway, and we like just jacked it and ran off with it. Holy shit! So, yeah. And put that down in our apartment, and I started noodling around on that, and that was when I started learning how to play all the Iron Butterfly albums. Holy awesome, smokes. awesome. So that, that was pretty fun. Yeah, and then Joe, what uh, on the last one? I know we had talked about some influences, but what are the, some of the big ones now that kind of push you pop wise? That led more yeah. towards this. So as we talked last time, needless to say, heavy music was a big part of my yep. upbringing. Yep. Um, everything like that. My dad was a big vinyl guy, so lots of classic um, and stuff like that. We won't get into the high school metalhead years again. Um, <laughs> one band that Bill and I connect a lot on that was one of the first times that electronic music really resonated me is the faint um, because oh they use God. it. I mean, again, full band setting and everything like that, but they get into some really weird textures and tones that they create through their keyboards, um, just the distortion of everything. And as far as a storytelling element, like I can think of few bands that tell stories in their songs the way that they do. Very true. Yeah. So that was definitely one of the first ones. Brian and I always connected on Postal Service. Give Up is still like top five favorite albums for me. I mean, that that will always yeah. just hit home. Um, I like a lot of combinations too. bands that can kind of keep an element of heaviness with electronic music. Um, bands like Pendulum. I don't know if you know them at all. I have heard of them um, before. Another yeah. full band using live distortion, live mm -hmm. guitars, stuff like that to create sort of this epic, not, not EDM, not again, the DJ sitting behind there doing a thing, but creating an experience. But kind of like more like almost mm -hmm. like electric gent. Would not, you... not quite like that. I wouldn't go that far. But in, Okay. But you're not wrong. Uh, an element of that to still have that and um, one thing about White Knife Study again Brian and I both coming from Divides one thing that I always find funny or get a kick out of telling people we play in the same tuning that Divides played in um, you know so for Brian playing live guitar there's a couple songs that I play bass on I think it still has that sort of element or that sure. feeling that energy that we can give live good um, and no matter I mean we, as poppy as it is I still listen to pop radio I think there's some good stuff. yeah there's some terrible stuff out there but there of are course. some really good modern pop artists that I like um, mm -hmm. lights being another one I mean shoot Taylor Swift is still putting out good music I think mm -hmm. some bad stuff too yeah. but it can be taken from that but I like being able to uh, convey that sort of energy some of those tones and that feeling. I mean, as long as that's yeah. there at the end of the day. Where did White Knife Study come from, the name? <laughs> uh, so Sean, uh, myself, my girlfriend, and his wife um, were playing a game of Clue. 
and I believe it was my girlfriend's winning hand was Mrs. White in the study with a knife. So Sean was like, why don't we just call it White Knife Study? And I was like, well, no one probably has that name because it's very specific. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, we're like, well, let's just go with that because I hate every band name ever. Like, if you think about it, like, I always say this. It's like, think of the name Aerosmith. That's a stupid name. But you don't think it's stupid because you associate it with the a band. hugely popular rock band. Sure. So, But every name at one point, you say it, and you're like, well, that just well, sounds, sounds that sounds dumb. Hmm. But so I was just like, well, I don't really like the name. But no one else has it. It's unique. It's a string of words that isn't necessarily has been put together. Like when I went and Googled it, Facebooked it and all that, there was nothing that even came up close. I was like, well, let's. it has a story behind it and... We're never gonna, cause so a little side story. Divides got into some trademark shit oh, with yeah. another band. I remember we this. own we own the trademark to the name Divides, and uh-huh. another band didn't take that seriously. So doing this, I was like, you know what? I want to make sure that there's not anything that's even close to this, so we don't have to deal with all of this. Literally dealing with lawyers. And oh all yeah. This crap. Um, so that's kind of how why that stuck. It's like, well, there you go. Like. And you're glossing over the most important part, which is that once we had made up our mind, we didn't have to think about it anymore. Yeah, true. Yeah, that yep. that's that's important. <laughs> a lot of people, including us, have spent a lot of time going, "Man, is this the right band?" Like you spent oh, yeah. a lot of time, like even I making. I still come up with band names, just messing around with shit. <laughs> Not like I'll ever use it. Yeah, it's just like but... no, no, this is it. No, it, it's fine. No, no, no but no, are we sure? It's tinkering. Fine. It's fine. Yeah. No, well, as Brian said too, if you think about it, really, until it's a thing, it's not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you could call it a name, but it's yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's not until yeah. it is a thing. Wow, that's that's a kind of a cool way to think about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. Well, with that information, you want to do you guys' first single? Sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because this music video is awesome, and I have so many questions. <laughs> That's so Such good symbolism. Seems 
The clue cards make so much more sense now. Awesome. Oh, that is rad video, you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. So my first cancel. Awesome. So my first question, the raw meat and the mustard. So we we talked again. The The name came from a winning hand and clue. So sure. that video was the first Mr. one we Must- So oh, Colonel, Colonel mustard. mustard. Yeah. So every one of us in that video is a clue character, and each scene has the murder weapons hidden in it. Gotcha. Uh, wow, different things okay. like that. Okay. The, the ending one being Mrs. White Jeez. with the knife. Got you. Got you. Gotcha. So what? All what right. was the the meat reference? Like, well, meat is red, and she was wearing a red dress, Mrs. Scarlet. Okay. And okay. Part of it too, we wanted to obviously have a lot of nods to the original game, but we also wanted to make it creepy. Um, Scotty and I talked yeah, a lot I about noticed. our horror movie influences Uh alfred hitchcock actually a lot of his cinematography is something that we were trying to go for in that sort of that psychological having the raw meat there's nothing horror it wasn't even bloody about it but you get this unnerving sense and we wanted to create that exactly and billy mentioned he knew nora um you know she's a really good friend of all of ours we go way back uh, them more so than me but i've known her since i was 13 years old we were the we were the double bass section at our junior high school oh cool um, amazing individual, but yeah, she fully committed to that, just tearing out of it with her teeth, this really just primal... That you was know, good. Yeah. yeah. Snarky. <laughs> kind of like dramatic about it. Well, in every cool. one of the scenes, too, we wanted to make something off, not necessarily in your face, but uh, off. Uh, you felt uncomfortable with it. The meat, you know, Colonel Mustard just dousing mm. that. It, we almost cut more of that, but it was like, no, I hate the way that makes me feel. We have to keep it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, to, so I was uh, Mr. Green, you know, kind of the billionaire figure. So he's yep. often seen with either, like a decanter or a whiskey something. So kind of right, having that overly right. drunken nature. And, and then I liked that it was outside, but Definitely. yet the, there was a window still and someone looking through a window, but you, it was outside. Uh-huh. Like, And that goes back a lot to Sean's lyrics, too. The whole song is sort of feeling this disconnect from the world that you're a part of. Yep. So in all of that, no one is acknowledging Sean. No one can see him, but he can see us as if he's kind of looking at these little vignettes, these little yeah. pieces of life that are happening. Exactly. Very intimate moments, you know, like that one, the window. Definitely. He's looking into someone's bedroom as yeah. they're getting drunk by themselves right? and seeing that or watching these two people have a romantic dinner. You know, it's something that you wouldn't normally observe, but he's seeing it and he's seeing how far removed he feels from it. Hmm. Kind of going, trying to show the lyrics there as well as make some fun references back to the game. Yeah. No, that was good, man. Like again, for those out there wanting, you know, go watch that video. Cause it's, <laughs> it's, it's really amazing. And then yeah. if you guys are in the Portland area, um, check them out on Facebook, Instagram, all that crap, because you'll find out when they're playing next. You'll be able to find out when they release their EP they're going to record soon. So you guys should just check these guys out. Um, all right, we're going to go to a third song real quick and just get this one out of the way because I got some good questions for you at the end. There's a song, the very last song on the B side. I've been intrigued by the name since we started, Bell the Beast. It's called Bell the Beast. Beast. So... Having never actually heard this song myself, this is going to be a treat for everybody, I think. Um, So anybody, everybody, again, this is Iron Butterfly off of their 1969 album Ball. The last side on the B side, Bell the Beast. The Bell the Beast. 
the Belle Beast. Build the Beast workshop. Kafil Kafish. <laughs> That's that reminds me kind of. Kafil Kafish. was tasty. Oh, weird. They have like unexplained like digressions. I hear drugs. They like yeah. suck it back. <laughs> I definitely hear drugs. Or so I hear <laughs> drugs. Yes. so weird that they throw that part in. Yeah. Stuff like that was pretty trendy in the 60s. It was. 60s. It was, yeah.
an extravagant walk down into this like ocean. song to play off of that one right uh, yeah <laughs> it was like it was digestible but then it was still like unexpected shit well super weird like you said those un or uh seamless time signature changes you don't hear a lot i feel like artists in that era had a lot more free range to do that yeah yeah wanting this too i think they were trying to push the boundaries so hard at that time that you know being diverse was a little more important than fitting a a, a uh, fitting a pocket of mainstream like yeah. it is today. I think. And you could get more um, following just based on how the industry was, labels that would pick up. I mean, stuff, the Grateful Dead, Frank Zappa, that mm. era of embracing weird and really encouraging that. The two things in particular that they were very good at that have just kind of become a lost art are not only time signature changes, but also key changes. Yes, yes. Mm. Sometimes yep. only a half step up, like you would hardly even notice. Yep, and, then, and you can go from a nice you know uh, uh, maybe change, starting change of feeling minor feeling and then all of a sudden you do a key change half step up in your major and you know it's creates this happy you can create tonal difference or dissonance between the two and being able to play off of that that's just good songwriting yeah yeah mm -hmm. which you're right it's kind of a lost art in what's mainstream today for sure I um don't really see that anymore well i, I think you know it, it it at a point it was desired to hear because people wanted to yeah. like listeners like, people that want to consume the consumer themselves well we were coming out of an area of when most music was complex if you look at the 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 music that was quote-unquote popular in in you know at the turn of the century you were coming off of of the greats like mozart and then tchaikovsky and all those guys coming up and then you had the kind of american early 1900 renaissance music with jazz happening blues happening and and these these transitions from classical music when it was important to be technical and and people were trying to do it and i don't want to call it like a de-evolution of music but it, it's just the need to be i don't know the need to be overly proficient i guess has gotten less versus the need to 
be able to put create right so it's easier to create stuff not as complex but it doesn't take away from the messages they can tell it's just the style of me it there's not a necessity to be complex i guess i don't know it's gotten more niche for sure and, and taking a piece of music and giving it kind of more of a folk music sort of simplicity to it is going to naturally make it more approachable and relatable mm. right right no yeah. yeah good point i look at it like mainstream itself like in the listener the base of people listening to music has gotten so much wider you know mainstream itself there's so you can kind of play much and more it, it, pop itself has become more of a vast term it could be simply the, music is so easily like gettable now too well know, maybe it, I don't know. Ma- there's just more people listening right so so the amount the act the p- amount of people lit- with the access to music, music i mean you know. Back in the day, the only people that were listening to music on a regular basis were rich people that had that could afford phonographs, that could afford to go to live events where orchestras are playing. There wasn't a lot of people, you know, that's where the pickers and the blues guys with just basic guitars, that, that's where that came from is the, the poor man, you know, poorer at st- uh, based music. But maybe... But even that at that time was still complex music, to a point, I guess. I don't know. Was, blues so. might be the first one that they really broke it down to as simple as it could, but contained, you know, as much emotion as has ever been created in music. I would say. Yeah, focused more on the feeling side of the music rather mm. than technicality. Sure. Uh, yeah, note selection over uh, quantity over, or no, quality over quantity. More or less, I guess. Yeah. Being efficient. Well, that's something that, you know, Brian mentioned earlier. I mentioned it last time I was uh, here interviewing with you guys. Mm -hmm. You know, the heart of it, the feel. That being conveyed in so many ways. And for all of us, I think this is definitely a much poppier direction than we've ever written music before. A more straightforward Mm -hmm. thing. But we want to still make sure that's a huge emphasis of it. That the feel is there at the end of the day. That authenticity. Mm. Fuck yeah. No, I love it. I love what you guys are doing. And I'm excited to... To hear your EP when it comes out and see, you know, what what else you guys have up your sleeve. Yeah. Oh shit! Dave Grohl just said, "Dave Grohl's here, guys. We have another confession to make." <laughs> Starting with Brian again. What is your least favorite food? What do, what what do you just hate to put in your mouth? What, what, what is the worst? Wait, can Billy and I answer this one? <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, we'll let him have it. No, you you all three get it. Yeah, well, I meant just, for Brian. No, we oh, want to answer oh, for okay. him. Oh, we, it's okay. a running joke, but well, we'll we could, it. we could. Yeah, you, you got this, boo. So there's actually there's three different answers because <laughs> there's a difference between like food and an actual dish that I hate. So like, food, I can't stand olives and sour cream. I hate sour cream Shit's too. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah. I love the fuck out of sour cream. Me too. But as far as like <laughs> is like a food yeah. that people commonly like, I ha- cannot stand. Uh, barbecue and Hawaiian food hmm. like dishes that bothers me like barbecue chicken just bugs you I just and yeah. I and I should say that I've had like people wings? explain to me what barbecue actually means and broken it down but your traditional like a1 sauce pulled oh, pork gotcha. like your Americanized like barbecue that oh, I can't stand like sure like 
like a chicken wing with some hot sauce like that's fine but i guess when i think of barbecue i think of more of like a again like the pulled pork a1 sauce with like, a round kingston grill like that kind of stuff. charcoal okay that so and hawaiian hawaiian food i just can't lots of pineapple i just can't yeah. do it i like i like pineapple by itself but once you what start about a hawaiian it, pizza will you eat nope. pineapple on pizza <laughs> have you disgusting have you ever had do you like rice I mean, if you just give me, like, white rice, I'll eat it. Yeah, like white steamed rice. Like, that doesn't bother me. That's the most, like, vanilla middle of the road. No, check this out. (laughs) Add mayonnaise to it. Oh, Oh, no. Nope. No. Okay. All right. Never mind. That's that's a big Hawaiian (laughs) thing. They add mayonnaise to rice. Yeah. So, actually, with that transition, if you fairly got that out of your way. Yes. That was going to be mine, mayonnaise. Mm. That's like my least favorite. You just, I, it just everything oh, yeah. about it. So on top of that, I just think Asian cuisine and any sort of dairy should not be mixed. Across the board, people who like butter their rice or putting like cheese in Asian-influenced, yeah. even cream cheese and sushi, I can't do. I'm a huge sushi guy. Oh, yeah. Why don't put dairy in Asian cuisine? It does not belong there. It has that its place. That is kind of weird. But mayonnaise across the board. I was trying to think of a dish or something like that. For me, just anything with that. It's so just this clumpy, goopy, fatty yeah. mess. I can't. Yeah. Ugh. Mayonnaise is your least favorite. Okay. Billy, what, what, what food do you just fucking hate? Um, this is a controversial one, and yeah, it usually gets people riled up. I don't like pasta that much. I'm with you. Really? Blech. Nothing. What uh, type? So no, it's, just, it's, just, <laughs> it's just mushy, nothing food. Just yucky. Tuh. Do you mean pasta as in like the noodles or your typical like lasagnas and all the shit that they put in it? Or is it like the actual noodle that bothers you? Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> okay. Right. I feel like that's another right. like middle of the road one up there with rice. It's just kind of like... It has nutrients, but it kind of tastes like whatever you so, put with it. So I've had... True. Yeah, yeah. I get that. It's a conduit, like Sean said the other day. Conduit, it's a conduit yes. for the sauce. I've well, had... Just, eat the fucking sauce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Buy yeah. the spoonful. Fuck it. Um, I've, I've had noodles that I've have been like handmade right there like they put all the ingredients together roll that shit out chop it all up do the weird twirly eights mm-hmm. into 16s into th- you know i've had that where it was decent it didn't taste like box pasta yeah. but yeah i don't I, I cannot remember the last time i had spaghetti or macaroni or top like any type of fucking pasta ever i can't even remember the last That's time a i had stare- it. i don't yeah. even think about pasta when i'm eating it it's not yeah. good or bad it's again like brian said a conduit it, yeah, it's just there. But that see, that's how I feel. So I can appreciate that because that's how I feel about sour cream. Like people love the shit out of that. Yeah, but oh. that's my pasta. It's just oh, okay. I so get portions. why sour cream is but gross. Let, let, I like it, but I get yeah. why you could see it. Let gross. me let me, me let me put it this way. Okay, that. but I like it. But though. with pasta, you would eat it though, right? Like I, you don't go out of your way to not. I. I avoid it if I can, but if it's there and it's the only thing that has been made, obviously I'm not going to complain about it. Okay, so so with sour cream, you're like, I'm just never fucking eating that, right? Well, but that's that's not really a dish, though. Uh, that's yeah, just an actual <laughs> thing. Yeah, but that's what I'm wondering. Just is have even that people that like sour cream don't sit oh, down no. and eat, oh, I'm just going to have this big old fucking bowl of sour cream. Okay, yeah. but so what? Mm. What is, is there anything then, Billy, that, that you'll just like, just won't ha- eat? Like, is there a, like, because you said you would kind of, you don't like it, but is there something that you just won't put in your mouth rocky mountain oysters i actually had this for the first time last year again kind of a conduit yeah i expected them to be weirder than they were also bison testicles for anyone who doesn't know right 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 yeah rocky mountain okay not so much but but other than that you you just kind of you'll you'll eat anything (laughs) 
because uh, I'm, I'm generally fairly agreeable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's I, I, I favor Eastern flavors in particular. But sure. Sure. Spring rolls. Yeah, which I am going to be making for these Mowing. for these bitches tonight. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, after yeah. this, we're getting spring rolls. That's fucking amazing. That's okay, so another question for you guys. <laughs> Raise the roof. What's uh spring rolls? What are you the most afraid of? Commitment. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not a real answer. That's a but beautiful it, it answer. Being, Savage. St- being stuck behind a fucking desk for the rest of my life. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. That's a good one in regards to this, yeah. So with that, there's two answers. There's, yeah, I mean, the reason that we're doing music is because it's what we want to do with our lives. So just doing the being stuck behind a desk until we are old enough to get a pension and then just dying, sure. But since I was since I was able to have like adult thoughts, my biggest fear in life uh, was always just dying alone. Yeah. Though the older yeah. I get, the less scary that is because you realize <laughs> yeah, right. how, how much people suck. How um, difficult it is. The the older and older I get, the more of a dog person I become. Yeah, I can feel that. <laughs> I think we're kind of stuck with each other at this point. Yeah. So what'll be scary is when it, if he passes before I do. That's my <laughs> biggest. That's my biggest fear. If I wow. die before Which, he does, yeah, that's I'm still here. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm with, still gonna be there chucking my false teeth at you. <laughs> you play guitar I like, like that. an old bitch. I like that, you guys. We're we're the same way. We've been me and Jason have known each other. I mean. Our parents were friends Lives. playing music together before we were even born. So huh. just forever and ever and ever, kid, we have pictures of us in diapers together. Like we've been so yeah, I'm kind of the same way. But my, it's funny you talked about like dying alone. My actually, I don't know if it's dying alone or just actually the very last thought you have before you die. Like the very last thing that you ever think kind is what I'm the that. most scared of. I'm I. I don't know what that would be because I'm not in the situation, but I've always been like fearing the very last thought. Something stupid like should have brought a flashlight. <laughs> well, I'm almost, I mean, as far as that goes, oh, I'm almost positive suck. my last thought is going to be, ah, oh, well, shit. Like just something. Yeah. That should have been more sour cream. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you think all that. Yeah, shit. But then the, there, there's another. Maybe. I don't know. It could be that. Oh yeah, she, but this there's is always fun. like this is fun to speculate. Yeah, there should be a new. The last for thought the is a weird one. What your last thought is going to be? The very last thought. Yeah. Oh, I totally got this. Oh, I think I know what it. No, be. in quotations. That's it. Oh, I totally, I totally got, got this. this. And then <laughs> dead. <laughs> right. So, and actually, two things. The reason I don't care about Joe, or I don't think about Joe dying. <laughs> Whoa, the, the reason, reason I don't, I don't care, care about Joe. Joe. Hey, no, no, no. Right, stop the show. No, no, no. no hold on. The reason that it's that's not, not mentioned he is he's so much younger than me that I don't think it's a thing that he's going to die before I, so that's why sure. it's right. not a fear. Sure. You know, I really appreciate you for saying that. <laughs> I'm not, I don't feel as neglected anymore. Oh, shut <laughs> yeah, up. You're right. a child. <laughs> So that's why that that's why it's you know him and I are he really the same dug age. himself out of that. How old are you guys, by the way? <laughs> yeah. If you don't um, mind, I'm gonna turn thirty two, thirty two in uh, less than a month. Oh wow! Gotcha. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, I just turned thirty one like two months ago. Yeah, yeah. you're just over Aaron, and um, I, and you guys, you're, you're ter- just hit thirty three. <sighs> Congratulations, old man. Right. Yep. And I just turned 27. This yeah. is the first time I've been the youngest member of a band, which That's is definitely, good. it's interesting. And I mean, we've talked about uh, talent uh, level and respecting each other as artists and stuff. I feel not just age, but getting into this musically mm-hmm. way over my head in this, which is a good thing. Like, I love that. Yeah, learning. Um, just not just as an age up. thing, but yeah, getting getting just to watch both Billy and Brian sit down and work on music is inspiring to me. I've grown more in the past six months 
musically than I have in the past maybe few years. And I have to give you snaps. You learn fast. That's it's cool. important awesome. to me. That's cool. <laughs> I got to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and kind of going off what you were saying actually about the last thoughts. So, as I say, getting older, it's be- actually dying alone isn't as big of a deal as it used to be. But it's actually really honestly in this age now my biggest fear is i don't want to be which is why i'm still one of the reasons i still do music i still have a passion for it i still love doing it but i don't i don't want to be 60 i don't want to be 70 i don't want to be 80 and being like ah oh, man maybe i should have given that a shot that's yep. actually my biggest fear and right. that's with anything whether it's regretting but music is the biggest thing it's such a big part of my life and a lot of people are like ah oh, you know, why haven't you given up? Why don't you just do the adult thing? It's like, well, I'm not ready to. I still think I create something valuable, as egotistical as that sounds. No, not and at I, all. And I do it with people that, number one, make what I think is valuable, make it more valuable, and I yeah. enjoy doing it. Yeah. But I never wanted to be, like a lot of people I know, they're like, ah, it just was, wasn't going to work out, and it was time for me to grow up. Well, I, I can always have a shit jade, you know, shitty day job. I can always yeah. do the things that I've always done that are kind of the mundane, like having the day job. Surviving. Kind of, exactly. Surviving. So I'd rather be 70 and be like, well, I gave it a shot and it didn't work out rather than I never gave it a shot. So it didn't work out. Right. Agreed. Yeah. I, no, I like that. Entirely. I like that. Getting, getting back to things being kind of kismet because I think about this stuff a lot too. And I th- always thought if I ever was going to do this, you were the one I wanted to do it with. Yeah. I mean, we're stuck with so each other. Kind of, kind of, kind of nice to be back into that again. I agree, right. 100%. Stuck by choice, right? It's like you guys chose to tie each other together. Oh yeah, right? it's. Well, yeah. I think there's something to be said about compatibility too. Yeah. I mean, with that, finding someone that you vibe really well off of. And, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, there's no overlooking the fact that we grew up together. We're the same basic breed of shitty person. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, got you, dude. I feel that. And Joe uh, just deals with our sense of humor. He's like, oh, man, I know two dude, shitty you people. Guys are... Again, he learns fast. <laughs> 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 I like that. I like that a lot. Um, all right, 2018 is here. so hard Yeah, I, I, I really, <laughs> I, have no idea. I get what you mean by I'm shitty like, people. Is... We have matching shitty tattoos because of the same reason. <laughs> yep, it's true. Let's never do that, guys. Okay. All right, cool. No magic. I, I can talk. see Billy right now like I would I get matching nothing. tattoos. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, all right, so 2018's here. We just left 2017. How like what's something that you guys loved from 2017 and what was the worst part of 2000s? Like the like the worst part. Like what do you just I'm glad that's over and then what was the good the highlight? for you guys i mean the worst part about 2017 isn't over yet so i guess (laughs) you beat me to it we're we're stuck with that one for a while so yeah although Um, i guess that was technically 2016 when that became a thing yeah um so that's kind of dragged on uh but i guess so without the low-hanging fruit of the political climate i think 2017 the worst part the worst and best part are actually the same for me because the best part was fully getting into this band and making it a thing, even though it had its beginnings technically a little before that, it really wasn't a like, okay, we are a solidified subject or a, excuse me, a solidified like band that are doing yeah. this thing. But that was also one of the worst things for me because, you know, when divides had started, that was going to be like the last thing I did. And if, right. this, if it didn't work out, that was it. So when that yeah. didn't work out and then getting into 2017 for me, I was like, oh, man, I'm starting this all over again from scratch. And even though it was with people I wanted to do it with, it was still like, like this is one of the worst Crap. things. Like I just spent five years of my life, money, 
moving oh, yeah. friendships, relationships. I do this thing that all of a sudden just ended. So I was like, oh, well, starting a new band is uh, terrible. I feel like we need a group hug right now. Yeah. That's how close. Yeah. Um, fuck yeah. Um, what about you, Billy? It happens. Best, worst? Oh, I mean, probably the best because for, for very much the same reason, I've got a chance to play music with my best friend again who I didn't think I was going to get to play music with again. So that was a really nice surprise. And yeah. the worst part was just the simple fact that we haven't already taken this a lot further. Yeah. Because, gotcha. I'm, yeah. because yeah. I'm impatient as shit. We're not patient people at all. Got you. Very okay. Right. I, get it. I get it. I get it. You definitely have Joe. some good. Oh, yeah, of course. Sorry. Go. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> you definitely have some good. We have some good. We have some good. The adults are talking. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I mean, getting this, um, refinding it, because um, obviously Divides ended in 2016. That was uh, when I decided to step away from that, called Brian to be like, hey, I know how much we put into this, but it's not something I can continue. And without missing a beat, that's when he brought me into this. It was like, hey, OK, well, would you like to write in a different style of music? Can we keep pushing this forward? Um, we didn't, I mean, we had worked on it then, but we didn't record, uh, with Casey Bates until 2017. And really, I would say the best part is not even feeling passionate, but feeling really excited about creating again and actually getting behind something. We didn't play our first show until November after yeah. having that for so long. Um, obviously the waiting was shitty. Getting there took a lot, but a, a lot of that was very intentional as well. Getting to that point and making sure we do it right. I may be the youngest youngest member of the band, but I still feel like I've been doing this shit too long to not have really taken it as seriously as I want to. Um, so we want to take a lot of the knowledge that we took from previous bands, previous experiences, all of that, and work smarter, not harder towards this and kind of get that. So I'm glad we waited, and it still counts getting that November, December little um, push. Watching this kind of take shape of its own has been incredible. Um no, and I wouldn't even say the shittiest part of 2017 was waiting. I would say it was everything I had to do pretending this wasn't everything I wanted. I mean, yeah. still yeah. having the day job, yeah. still, I don't, as much work and money as we put into this, that doesn't bug me. Even waiting to do a proper release, that doesn't. It's having to get by in the meantime and work right. jobs that you don't like, you know, kind of show up to coworkers you don't <laughs> yeah. ever want to spend time around, things like that. But it's necessary. And if it gets us further towards this, then yeah. you know what? Here we are. All right, what's a goal you guys set for yourselves for 2018? Collectively I, I or saw individually? you individually, individually. Okay. Because I saw you post something even just today about goals, so. Oh, like resolutions and yeah, stuff? Re yeah, yeah, yeah. Personal, pers personal, personal things for yourselves that you, you know, you want for 2018. I mean, a stupid, cliche, personal one. I want to read 12 books in 12 months. That's a... I don't read as much as I used to. Yeah, <laughs> okay. that's um, a good one. And with that on my own too, I'm trying to write uh, songs personally. So as as well as twelve books, I want to write twelve songs. Because okay. I think anything that you do, any time that you're spending on music, being able to bring that into this and have more knowledge. Uh, I've never played keys before. Billy has been amazing in showing me how to do that, but I still have to take a lot of personal time to get into that. Yep. So I want to learn more so what my synthesizer can do, and if I play around with that more on my own, it further benefits this. Awesome. Yeah, just kind of funnel that back into. You're doing great. Ah, shucks. <laughs> You do me proud. <laughs> what about you, Billy? Anything 2018 that you 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 made for yourself? Resolutions like that, or upgrade to better instruments? Yeah, always. Yeah. I feel like every musician yeah. forever will uh, say that. Well, yeah. Stop God. playing on plasticky bullcrap that I have to replace and relearn from scratch every three months. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. I hear that. Um, I didn't necessarily make any resolutions or anything like that for myself. I think really my only goal for 2018 is to make sure that this band is further along than it was in 2017. You know, I don't think that we're going to become world famous and touring and everything by November, but I want, I want, obviously that's the end goal is to one day quit our jobs, one day tour the world and get paid to do it. I don't think we're going to be millionaires or anything like that, but I want to be able to, cool, I was able to pay my cell phone bill. By, Not go broke touring. Yeah, playing music <laughs> yeah. and doing that. Hell and, yeah. Doing that kind of thing. That's so really my only goal is, cool, as long as by the end of this year we are further along than we were at the beginning, like that's the most, that's really my only goal. Yeah. If I was going yeah. to set like a lofty, like an out-of-reach goal, it would be for us to play in Japan. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> by <too>. November, <laughs> let's make this Spokane first. Uh, we got a show there coming up. Yeah. <laughs> but then Japan, yes. That's good. Spokane, then Japan, that makes sense. You got to dream big, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, you guys. This has been a fucking blast, man. No, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you for, for having us. Um, I, do you have any questions for them? Any crazy off the wall Dude, things? I'm just excited for you guys, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I can't let you end without saying that we're playing later this month if you guys want to give like the rundown on that show. Oh, yeah. I, I, was, we are I, was, getting, here I was getting to that. Okay. Thanks for I jumping I just want to make gun. sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Calm down, Joe. Aw. It's okay, young guy. I just want to play a show. <laughs> <laughs> um, should put him back in the kennel. <laughs> okay. Last set of questions. Okay. Here we go. This is the big one. <clears throat> oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck is right. Which way do you guys prefer to hang your toilet paper? I wasn't going to let this thing in. We started with this conversation <laughs> this right before. before the thing happened. Oh. Brian is convinced that the toilet paper spins from the backside. So you pull under. from the backside. I have, and I actually have a reason I think this way. It's okay. not just to be an asshole. So... um I actually, the thing I know most about the subject or whatever isn't music, believe it or not. It's actually <laughs> motorcycles. And when you're balancing a motorcycle wheel, the heaviest part always goes towards the bottom. So when you're undoing toilet paper, for me, if you have all the toilet paper, the end of it at top, in theory, that's the heaviest part. Yes. So it's going to take the most amount of effort. However, if that last chunk is coming off the bottom, it's the least amount of effort. It'll naturally pull out easier than if it's at the top. So that's yeah. why. And as an asterisk to that, uh, specifically at my, until they changed them, but for about 10 years at my job, the way that the toilet paper dispensers would set up is if you pulled it from the top, it would catch and you wouldn't get any. It would just rip and people would gotcha. always forget that. So if you put them in that way upside down, it wouldn't catch and it pulled out easier. So that's really my sole reason for the thinking. It's not just so I can be like, I put it under because that's what I do. Yeah. All right. What about you? Because Joe is saying... Well, no, I, that makes a lot more sense. Most people, <laughs> I think, as Brian said at the end, is like, oh, that's just, I like the way it looks. For me, it's terrability. When it comes down from the top, it's, an, it's a cleaner tear, whereas if it's coming from the bottom, if you pull on it wrong, you, you get too much. See, it can, that was the thing I always well, found. Well, then it touches the ground, and you're not going to use it. And plus the Simpsons Here's said, the thing, though. And come on, guys. We're all guys. We mm -hmm. really have that jerking motion down. So there's no excuse. <laughs> yeah. so that's right. what I'm saying. Pull. I get way too much. <laughs> it's a quick pull and it'll come right off. Yeah. Am I the only one who holds the fucking roll and just tears it with the other hand so it doesn't move? Yeah. But did you notice he tears it this way, not that way? Ah. Uh, ah he even said it because it goes from the backside. Uh, naturally. 
I just don't <laughs> fucking care. But, <laughs> all right, all right. but, but it's natural... awesome to listen to you two duke it out. But actually, you're right. He didn't think about that. He just did it. Yeah. Oh. Well, but you don't know if that was coming over the top or from the back. I was just holding the roll and pulling on it. Okay, so I'm... It could go either way. What I think, <laughs> if the holster for the toilet, toilet paper is like below or above your shoulder, because you know some toilets sit lower sure. and they're squatty. Dude, if you have a low toilet paper roll and it's rolled over the top, you're not going to be able to tear it without pulling a whole bunch more paper. You have to have it underneath. So it's mm. circumstantial is what you're saying. To a certain extent. Sure. And the type of holder you have, obviously, mm. like if you go to restaurants that have those huge rolls and they tear right at the bottom, they're, they're all designed inside the plastic way. case. But yeah. we're just talking about like at home, like yeah, at home right. on the little spring. And plus, you're the one who reloads it. Right. Being comfortable. This is know. possibly the most like lucid and analytical discussion on this I've ever heard. Good. Emotions are running surprisingly low. <laughs> I wish oh, okay. I wish well, politicians I could with, talk like this. I wish, or I disagree with <laughs> I Brian's method, but he made some really good points. Like oh, that, yeah. that's very logical. In this the is way how that people should out. talk about everything. In the physics, that that toilet paper is actually pulled and torn off the roll. It, it might maybe be better to go underneath, but now, I would say aesthetic wise, it looks nicer coming over the top and having the nice round roll Cascading with just the flat, down. like yeah. a waterfall esque yeah. look of just one, <laughs> maybe one and a half ply hanging off the end of that thing. It just smooth tagging, tagging white. Off. How much time do you spend in your bathroom? We don't even have a holder like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm just thinking about <laughs> like so this whole time you have one of those ones that sits actually vertically. Yeah. And it oh then why are you even? This is no. <laughs> We're getting to the a, hard you don't hitting have a dog questions. in this fight. <laughs> when is a strawberry die? Have you guys ever thought about what? Oh, this is something really weird. This is another timer. I don't. That's never, guys. I don't know what that is. <laughs> this is epic. We're gonna have to figure this. We're out. We're getting to oh the real truth of the universe, and the Illuminati is just what? shutting us off. <laughs> I know. When does Some a strawberry shit. die? Have you ever ever guys thought about this? This fucks me up for a second. What do you, when does a strawberry die? Well, hold on. So are you saying that other fruits don't die or there's a very... Because you would just naturally say when it goes bad. Correct? But like when, when once, you you pluck, once you pluck it from the stem, it no longer is getting nutrients. Yeah. Well, but also once you turn 25, essentially your body stops reproducing cells at the same rate. So you could say that would be our unplucking, but people do lots of stuff after 25. But I'm talking about strawberries. I know. <laughs> well then in that case any I'm making a similar any vegetable yeah. fruit would essentially <laughs> die the moment that it's taken away from its source of hmm. you know nutrients correct there's so much life after getting plucked like humans right. they can they get nutrients from what they put in them but sure. uh fruits don't have that ability so that's what I was wondering like do you think it's just slowly starving is that what we're seeing when fruit rots it's actually starving that's and what losing? i would say cuz even as yeah. it's rotting i wouldn't say it's dead yeah, because it doesn't die right away. It's just a gradual depletion of whatever stores of nutrients it has hmm. left. They lose moisture because there's a lot of water and fruit. Well, so do we if we don't drink. I mean, Truth. But yeah. we're not dead. But it's not taking anything in. So yes, I guess if you say lose, die, you have to say moisture. consciousness because a human body continues to decompose after we are no longer consciously a part of it. The fruit have souls. <laughs> yeah, that, what, that's what you're getting at. When does the, the essence of the strawberry leave itself? Yes. That's, that's, yes. <laughs> Once yes. you make it into a smoothie. Do you have any big questions like that? Is there any th things that just mess with your guys' mind? You sit there and you lose sleep over sometimes? 
why do people put pineapple on pizza? <laughs> that's I mean that's yeah. <laughs> Joe, are you on the pineapple I boat? I like pineapple well? on pizza. Thank I'm you. not. Hold on, See, I, I gotta reach for this one. <laughs> See, so I, I don't go out of my way for it. Yeah, it's not my preferred pizza topping. Yeah, I hate sour I like cream. I'm with you on that. Toppings. I ha- I don't like pasta. I'm with you on that, and I like pineapple on pizza. Man, that's cool. You didn't touch the subject of olives, though. Oh, I love olives. Mm, I'll love eat the them. fuck out of small olives. It's funny because my whole my family or my immediate like blood family all loves olives. Olives like they'll eat them out of the fucking. Yeah, I, I, oh, I will. Yeah. The, I will. the thing I like to tease him with the most is like the three things he hates the most are olives, sour cream, and butterscotch. Oh, yeah. So I'm constantly coming up with bullshit <laughs> recipes that include all three. So you don't like <laughs> Werther's awesome. candy. Like Werther's Butterscotch Candies. Those mm. things are fucking delicious. Oh, I oh, disagree man. full-heartedly. That's, really? They're gross. They taste like old people. I, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Not like old people taste. Okay. I mean, what, but okay, old I people say, check this out. I want a sample of old people taste. When I was when I was little, me and my little brother called them fogey chokers. Because mm-hmm. we actually... <laughs> what the fuck? That's, that's what really we dark. called Werther's Candy. So we're fo- we called them fogey chokers because we were... We, we we act, We went and stayed with my grandparents one time and they lived in an old folks resort like RV Park in Arizona and we were all at dinner one night and we watched three different people choke on Werther's in the same like whole setting. Three different old people 45 choked on... Mi- 45 minutes and three old folks choking. Like none of them died or anything. It was just like... And then like... You know, someone had to Heimlich them or at least pat them on the back and Werther's came up. Wow. Wouldn't that be tragic, though? Cause of death. Werther's. Foggy choker. Foggy <laughs> choker. There you but go. Yeah, I used to, hmm, no butterscotch. I used to go to the burger joint in Anchorage and sit across from him and just enjoy, like, a butterscotch malt just because I loved, like, the puckered <laughs> face he would get as I was eating. It's like, ah, this is great. You have a face like a cat's ass. That's right. awesome. And super, this is good for gross. me. <laughs> what about you, Brian? Is there anything that, that you just ponder on that keeps you awake? Questions? Universe stuff? Like, I mean, sure. I again, we can go with like the low hanging fruit. I don't understand people's inability to <sighs> put themselves in other people's shoes. And empathy. one thing actually that so empathy, but even even not as deep as that is oh, just okay, okay. looking at a situation and being like immediately saying like nope. Um, uh. One thing that's I'm trying to think of how to word this. One thing that's been bothering me lately, and it, it can really go, it can go with any subject, but is, actually, you know what? I just lost my train of thought. Hold on. It's mm. cool. Dude, it's fine. This we're, we're, the show's shambles anyway, so. <laughs> We've gone off the rails. This has <laughs> been downhill for a while. Yeah. I, it really just, I guess what bothers me is just people's inability to look at a situation and understand why it does shouldn't affect you or does affect you like whether whatever political whether it be social whether it be you know people just look at it they 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 fail to see the context of the situation so their answer is always only from their viewpoint like oh that's stupid that they did this or that doesn't make sense or they're just doing this it's like well sure maybe it never applies to you but if you look at the context of the situation right for that your inability to look at that like whether it has to do with whatever fucking bathroom somebody wants to use or whether it should do with like equality in marriage or whether it should Uh. do with i mean you know what we like how the economy works or whatever you know people always go to whatever like the basic answer is and say Nope, it's this. Well, no, look at the context of the situation. Sure, maybe that has happened, 
but that's not the generalization that you put on everybody. But everybody's argument is based off generalizations, and that's that's right. the thing that keeps me up at night is because we will never, whether it has to do with scientific breakthroughs or whether it has to do with societal breakthroughs or just moving along in this world, people never have the ability to just look at the context of what's happening and move past what their own yeah like their own greed is and the biggest indicator of that right now is just with our current administration and i don't want to get into all democrats republicans all that don't care what's happening right now is everyone that's currently in charge of our country yeah in a way they are they are all old enough that the choices that they make will not affect them if yeah. the world let's just say for argument let's say uh climate change is real I think it is, but even for people that don't, let's Agreed. just think it's yep. real. So if it is real, it is. If but... you're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but even if if if, if you're a seventy year old guy, president maybe, let's say, <laughs> that doesn't believe in it, right? It doesn't matter because right. even if you're wrong, you're going to be dead before the effects of it do the worst. Do the worst. Yeah. So you, yep. you don't care if it's wrong, and that's the problem I have. It's like yeah. I wish that I wish. And, they, and most of them all have kids this. and family. Like, how can you not think about that? How can you not at least because try it's and not look? real, so it won't affect your kids either. And the thing, why not make it better? Even if it is like not gonna like kill everybody at all. Like, it's obviously happening. There is some effect. So, like, just to completely just not even com- yeah, like make it not a thing. So it's the short people's short sightedness. Actually, yes. that's what keeps me keeps me up at night. No matter whether it's something as major as climate change. Or something as, as small as equal rights, which is actually has pretty major that's, too. Yeah, so well, just the inability yeah. to see outside of yourself. Right. Yeah. Whether that's climate change, gotcha, again, gotcha. anything, not being able yeah. to see a different side of things, yeah. just this narrow-minded. It's, and it's yeah. pretty weird it's not to go what from. It is. It's pretty it's weird to go that. from a state where I couldn't legally marry my partner to one where I could. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm stuff still like that. Not, I, which is, I'm still not completely like mm. mentally adjusted to that yet. I don't like. Congratulations, by the there's way. There's a huge like just undercurrent in my thinking that still just doesn't even believe that it's possible right right and even it's fucking ridiculous you know to put it even a simpler the like the simplest form i can it's the person that drives under the speed limit in the passing lane like all their things you're right you're right that is that is so it's my right yeah it's my right to drive in any lane i want in this american highway it's the same person that doesn't walk down an escalator it's the point of an escalator isn't to enable you not to do anything. It's an, it's supposed to enable you to do something quicker. Sure. It's making right? it more efficient. Yeah. So, and so that's... like, sure, if you're not able-bodied, yes, an escalator, awesome. Stand on it. Don't worry about it. But I guarantee you there are so many people that they walk just fine looking at their cell phones, get on an escalator and stop and let it take them the rest of the way. But it's like, no, like... You got shit to do in your life. You might die tomorrow. Why the fuck wouldn't you want to get to where you're trying to get right. faster so you can do that? It's the same exactly. two on it. It's the same thing. Cause so one of my friends lives in Japan now, uh, and he uh. had said something about how um, he lives in Japan. And one of my other uh, my boss went to visit him. Anyways, the point of this is so when you go to Japan, if you go on an escalator, one of the biggest things is if you're not going to move on it, you 
immediately go to the left and let people pass because their whole mentality is not thinking about themselves it's thinking about the world around them yep so it's like cool you don't want to if you don't want to drive fast stay in the right lane that's all you have to do like i don't care if you think i'm driving too fast for your liking i don't care if you think i'm dangerous i don't care all these things the point is i and i don't care if you want to drive slow but the moment whatever you do has a oh, negative yeah. effect on my life, whether it's you driving slow so I can't get to work when the time I want to, or whether it's you not allowing you know same-sex marriage or whatever the case may be, if right. what you're doing is negatively impacting someone else's yeah. life, like that's unacceptable. Or doing drugs or whatever the case right. may be, like that's what keeps me up. Like, do whatever the fuck you want to do. I don't care if you want to yep. be a crack addict. I really don't care. Now, yeah. if you have kids. It obviously is negatively affecting their lives, of so course. then that's a different story. Right. Right. But if you just want to sit in your house and do that, I don't care. We waste too much time and too much money dealing with things that don't matter, and too many people do things that affect other people negatively because they don't feel that they should change. It's just do what you need to do. Beautifully in your said, life. man. That's do actually do what you need to do in your life, and it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. who who cares? That's awesome. Yep. yep. Actually, that's what keeps me up at night. Right. Beautiful. You stole part of mine. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. And it, you way better said it. That was, especially, yeah, coming down to those last couple metaphors. Oh. Yeah, that was beautiful, man. I always said, Brian has some of the best similes out of anyone I have yeah. ever met. Mm-hmm. Able to compare these bigger thoughts down to just the passing lane. Yeah. <laughs> right. Explain yeah. it. That was great. Man, that. Yeah, that was beautifully said. I think we're just going to end right on that, man. That I was a hell of a bombshell. Yeah. Bombshell for the show. Love All right. It. Now, now, right before we end now, please tell everybody um, White Knife Study, where you guys are going to be playing next, what gigs, where people can go find you at. So our next show is the end of this month, January on the 27th at Kelly's Olympian. Cool. Um, and awesome. then uh, we doing some recording in February. And then our next show that we currently have booked is in Spokane, in Tied, April, dude, that's my stomping ground. Yep. Nice. Um, playing with, with some fan. friends of ours there, so that'll be nice. And other than that, again, like we said before, uh, iTunes, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. You type in our name in Google. You're the only one it. to pop up. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. Intentionally. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Awesome. Awesome, you guys. Well, thank you so much, Brian, Billy, really? Joe. Awesome. You guys are fucking no, badass. You. Thanks for having us. You, guys. Your music, your music is amazing. <laughs> your your intellects are amazing. I can tell that you guys are f- friends. You thoughtful. You put energy into this. You put yourselves into this stuff. And not only the music you create, but honest, obviously, from our conversations, what you guys think about outside of just thinking in general, being in general. You're thoughtful guys. You're compassionate guys. You, you're, you know. Uh, yeah. Keep up the hard work, you guys. And what a great foundation, too. I think you guys are going to freaking yeah. do good things. Hope so. I do, too. I, so. I hope you're right. Oh, uh, man. man, I, I tell you what. If if the the time that we spent, you know, I know that, you know, Scotty helped you, but it's it's you guys in these videos, and and it's what you, and what you guys wanted to portray about yourselves in these videos. And if, if what you guys continue to do is as well thought out, as well planned, organized, and the quality of what you guys have released so far, there's nothing stopping you guys. I, well, that means I 100% agree with that, man. Awesome. Well, everybody, this has been another episode of A Journey Through Time and Stuff. Jason, Aaron, Aaron. high-five me. Ooh, this is it. 
And uh, <laughs> for all you guys out there, please subscribe on iTunes. Um, if this is your first time, we're there. We're easy. We're on Google Play. Uh, you can, If you're on Android, you can go Google Play or download the Podbean app and follow us there on Podbean. Um, of course, Apple people, just iTunes us. Please subscribe. Review us, like us, enjoy us. And next week, we have Matt Helvey coming into the studio. Yeah. Um, super excited to get him in here to talk about that creative dude. After that, we have the uh, Sean Beard and his new band Spirits will be in here. Um, and that's wrapping up January and, yeah. um, and you know, more to come after more that. to come after that. We'll, t- we'll keep you guys filled in anyways. Uh, yeah, this is a time of stuff. And like we say every week, drive like you know each other. Shit. Welcome to a journey through time and stuff. Time and stuff, yeah. You've never...